Welcome to the Life Rips Podcast, where I, Brett Bond, founder and host, interview and converse with others so we can all gain a better perspective as to what's really going on in this crazy world we live in. We're going to find out why life rips for some and not so much for others. Brought to you by Happy Gang Coaching, a coaching service that is solely centered around helping people become the happiest version of themselves, no matter the circumstances. Whether it's anxiety, depression, overthinking, or any other sort of roadblock that is potentially getting in the way of your happiness, let's take a deep dive into those roadblocks and look at things from a different perspective, a perspective outside of the norm. As somebody who used to abuse anti-anxiety medication and at one point held a 38 special to my head, to now helping others find happiness and being happy just to be alive, I can tell you that everybody has the ability to be happy. Everybody has the ability to change, but it all starts with your belief system. If you believe you can't, then you can't. If you believe that you can, you can. So if you want to learn more about my story or just chat one-on-one, you can schedule a free strategy session at happygangcoaching.com. Now let's get into it. Mr. Dexter Morgenstern, how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing all right. Thanks for asking. How about yourself? I'm doing well, man. Happy to be alive. Happy to be here. Uh, happy to be having this conversation. So uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about yourself so the viewers know a little bit about you. Well, I am an author. I guess you could say I'm an artist at heart. I love pretty much every form of art, but I also like to think of myself as a business person. You know, I went through marketing school, I put myself through college, got my bachelor's degree. I worked full time while I was doing it, but I put a lot of energy on the side, writing some fiction books, learning how to self-publish them and made that a focal point in my school. And that just carried into some other things. I started networking, I do some music now, um, and I just meet a lot of artists in my area and work and collaborate with them on whatever comes my way. No doubt, man. Sounds like you're a man of many trades. It can seem like that. Sometimes I work on one thing for a season and then another thing for the next season. So it all just depends on who's doing what and what's most opportune at the time. Yeah, for sure. And it sounds like, you know, you you do quite a bit. You have pretty productive days and, and you seem like a pretty busy guy. So, I mean, if there was one tip that you had for people when it comes to time management or being as productive as you can possibly be what do you what what words of advice would you give well i will say i've read a lot of self-help books and i've worked with some coaches and a lot of things and like that and the reason i preempted with this is because a lot of these people have been in their respective industries 20 or 30 years and so when you do take the time to read the read their books and listen to what they have to say they're giving you what they learned over these decades in minutes and so absorb that knowledge because for me, it took bits and pieces of what they all had to say. Uh, in regards to time management specifically, if you're a writing person, definitely plot out your next day, definitely write your goals down, use an agenda and check at them. But ultimately you have to listen to yourself, like try to do too much at once. And I've experienced this will drain too much of your mental energy. So set realistic goals, look up smart goals and follow those. And then whenever you set a goal, give yourself extra time because you are not going to be prepared for curveballs and different paths that come your way if you limit your time too much. I like that, man. And I, I love the point that you were talking about with books, you know, how people have been in these industries for 20 or 30 years. 
And the one thing I've always told people about books is that if somebody dedicates a period of time in their life to write a book about it, they probably know quite a bit about the subject, you know? So you're taking someone who's really diving deep into a subject and then you're just taking that knowledge. They're just giving it to you on a silver platter almost. And I think reading is just so important in life overall, honestly. And, uh, you know, just finding happiness and, and being productive overall. I feel it. And I'm kind of a naturally skeptical person already. And so I take everything with a grain of salt. Some people are more zealous. Some people are more aggressive. Some people are more shut off. And you see it in their language and in the subjects and in the tolerance that they talk about in their respective things. You know, you have your Gary V's and your Bedroses, right? Yeah. Very different mentality on how you approach things. It's important to hear them out. Like, you know, we watch TV all the time, fiction TV shows, and we listen to dumb things all the time. So we're not going to absorb all that, but sometimes there'll be a lesson in those TV shows that we're like, oh yeah, maybe we shouldn't do this. Or maybe we're laughing at that because of how ridiculous it is. Like, why would they do that? And then you find yourself in that situation. Just pay that same attention to the experts. You know, you're not going to have exactly their personality and it's not going to help you to try to mirror them hundred percent, but they've got good things to say. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So you mentioned, you know, how you, we kind of have these extremes, especially nowadays where we have social media and we can see what everybody's doing. Um, you know, and we've got Gary V on one side of the spectrum and other people on the other side, where do you feel like you fall? I, I don't like to pigeonhole myself. I mean, I know I'm an overthinker and I'm an over explainer and I've embraced that, but ultimately we all have different traits and what people don't, acknowledges that those traits change and evolve over time, or even as our moods change. So I believe in consistency, I believe in pragmatism, and I believe in putting creativity on a consistent and pragmatic foundation. Work hard, work consistently, work on something that makes you happy, work on a long-term goal, but add your own flavor to it. So I, I don't say try to be anyone, just be yourself and be become a higher version of yourself. Yeah, I love that, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Don't limit yourself to uh, just one personality, you know, in a sense, I shouldn't say personality. But yeah, don't pigeonhole yourself, you know, because we can all evolve, and we can all change. Now, you mentioned that, that you're an overthinker. Is there anything in particular that has helped you with overthinking or help you calm the mind or just relax a little bit? Yeah, uh, there are a couple of quotes out there that I read. But the most important thing is that, uh, you know, in your when you're a teenager in your early 20s, you you care about your reputation. And when you're in your 30s and 40s, you care about your business reputation, you know, but a lot of times, unless you're some hardcore celebrity, uh, nobody cares what you're doing. <laughs> and when you and, and I don't mean that in a harsh way. I mean, there are judges out there, there are haters, there are trolls. At the end of the day, you do you. You grow when you work on your thing. And if it's not complete, if it's not perfect, just share it. If it's hard for you to do that, because it was really hard for me, especially when I first got into commercials and, 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 and putting my books out there, find a small network of people you trust, show it to them first. And if they're like, it's okay, share it. There are people who, who make, and not to be judgmental, but they, there are people who make terrible music. They write terrible books. They say terrible things. They're not perfect, but they still have followers. They still have fans. They still get all this attention. And that's just because you put something out there. You show yourself to the world. Yeah. Yeah, I love it, man. No, it's it's very true. And I, I love what you what you say when you said nobody cares because it's true. 
And sometimes people do take that harsh, but it's the truth. Nobody really cares. You know, you hear a, a lot of people bitching and complaining and, and whining about, you know, I wish I could do this or I should have done this. And at the end of the day, you just got to focus on yourself and do you and do whatever yeah. makes you happy. And it sounds regards, like, uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, in regards to, you know, being afraid to do this or, and that, there are so many crazy things that I've done, things that I probably shouldn't tell my mom about, but have definitely told my parents about because I brag about it. You don't regret most of these things, unless you're hurting somebody or, 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 or doing something that's like a serious crime. Like you're not going to be ashamed of it. You know, live your life, live the adventure. Yeah, 100%. So let me ask you this. What do you think the hardest thing in life? What do you think the hardest, what is the hardest thing that's ever happened to you in life that you had to overcome? Uh, that's a difficult question because every, every challenge in life, most challenges, I should say, can be opportunities to learn from. So when something seems hard in the moment, once you overcome that obstacle and you look back on it and maybe it helped you grow, maybe it was a setback and you had to learn new things to come overcome it. I mean, I've lived, lived through a lot. I was a military brat. You know, my parents were together for a while. I, when I was a child, I was actually, uh, my biological father was uh, physically abusive. And so I'm very privileged that my mother was able to escape that and then marry a man who went into military service and adopted me and my sister as his children, you know? So yeah, I was in bad situations and overcame them. It's, it's, it's hard to say really, because there are so many different things that just go from, this is the worst thing you've ever experienced to this is the worst thing you've ever experienced so far. So what I advise people is the next time something really bad happens, bear through it, do what you can survive, take your grief, but survive, work around it, try to learn from it. If it's something you can learn from, I mean, yeah. No, I like it, man. So with all that being said, obviously, you know, everybody has their struggles. Um, and it sounds like you've, you know, gone through your own as well. Have you ever had any periods of time where you felt really anxious or really depressed? Yeah, I probably early 20s, because so I uh, put myself through college. Uh, I got a bachelor's degree. But while I was doing that, I was also working full time at Applebee's. I worked at uh, Applebee's in all positions from host to, to manager over almost a five-year tenure there. And with everything else I was trying to do, it got exhausting, but I always regretted not getting something done. Like I would set a personal goal. This is what I talked about not doing earlier. I would say, you have to write a thousand words in a book every day. You know, set these way too high standards for myself, but I also have to get good grades in school, but I also have to go get my paycheck but I also have to do this. I have to be the best. I have to impress people. I have to have so much to show for. And, and, and it overwhelmed myself when, and then I burned out. I stopped getting the things done because I was so burnt out with low energy and became a constant thing. I constantly struggled to write. I never came up with writer's block. It was just me trying to sit down to get it done because I had so many other things. I'd be sleeping during the day just because I was too tired to think about anything. I literally worked myself into a depression. And what that ended up doing was 
I didn't like who I was. I didn't like who I was becoming. I felt like I was lazy. I, I felt like I was becoming a lesser version of myself. And in reality, I, I was like my energy was vibrating lower because I was putting too much stress on myself and not just living my life. So yeah, I worked to accomplish things, but in trying to do too much at once and demanding, putting these demands on myself, I, I burnt out. I slowed down. You got to take a pit stop every now and then. Yeah. Gotta learn how to relax, you know, and just uh, definitely let go of all those stressors. I feel like nowadays in today's society and, you know, when we have social media and people are constantly comparing themselves to others and whatnot, you know, it forces a lot of people to just work really hard and to the point where they're not even enjoying life, you know, and they're burning themselves out. And it's definitely important to, to, like you said, you know, take those pit stops, take those breaks and just rejuvenate, rebuild your energy. You know, we don't have to be doing something 24 seven all the time. You know, you can take some time to just chill and relax. So yeah. with, um, with, you know, you kind of mentioned how you went into that depressive episode. Was there any one thing you feel like pulled you out or was it more of a gradual thing that you had to work through? A little bit of both. So um, I had some conversations with some family with some folks, uh, I started, that's actually the period of my life I started reading uh, some books. One of my friends from uh, like the art, one of the people I know from art, uh, she was having a baby shower and her dad had a conversation with me while I was at their house. Like I was a stranger to him. And he's like, you know what? Read these books. He literally handed me three um, books that he thought would be benefit, beneficial. You've heard of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That was one. Oh. He handed me The Slight Edge, which is probably like the, the most the most important one out of all of them. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get straight into that. When I turned, I think that was 23. On my 23rd birthday, months after he gave me these books, I was just so fed up with like where I was and how I wasn't where I thought I would be that I started reading this book. And it the, the message of The Slight Edge is that everything you do, every little thing you do could put you in a direction. So if you work gradually to a positive mindset and to accomplish something, you save money or you invest it, it adds up over time. What people don't realize is that same energy can work against you. So if you're overworking yourself, like one of the analogies he uses in that book is if you don't brush your teeth at night and you wake up the next morning, you're fine. You know, you don't see anything, but do, but then do that for 30 days in a row. And then what happens to your teeth? Now you got to go see a dentist because you might have a real problem. And so that same energy, the slight edge that can work in your favor, if you do the right things, can work against you if you do the wrong things. And it's not saying push yourself and enforce this edge and force yourself in this direction and overwork yourself and burn out and hate the project you're working on because it's taking so much energy that you don't have. It's saying work gradually, build it up every day, and then time flies and in a small matter of time, you're going to have this big glowing good thing, but you keep making the bad decisions and you're going to find yourself digging a hole. Yeah. I love that. That's so beautiful because I believe life is exponential. You know, it's like, there are times where things are, they just seem so bad and they keep going that direction. And then also vice versa, where things are so good and they're going that direction. And it all depends on, I think your mindset and you know, the, the steps towards growth that you're taking and, and what direction you're facing, you know, I mean, it can be, it can be real easy to get into one of those ruts and to con continue 
using that energy against you like you're talking about or you can do the exact opposite and use that momentum to build you up and it's just like things keep getting better and better yeah and it took you know some adjustment it was it's not a steady course um you you, you veer off the path and you got to remember to get back to it or or take a fork in the road you know but it helped get me out of what I was in because I'm like, all right, I'm going to read just a little bit every day. I'm going to take this break and, and, and rejuvenate. And then when I got back into my projects, I did them at a slower pace, but then I noticed I had more creativity with my books. Like I wrote some of my, like my, my last two books are some of my favorites to have written just because comparing them to my first ones, they're so much better and they weren't forced. I just sat down and did it when I had the energy. And then when I wasn't writing, when I would, I'd literally be at work you know, washing some dishes at Applebee's and I'd be thinking, oh, what if this character does this? Like, it just came to me naturally because my body was happier. I started reading more books, taking more advice, um, doing more of the right steps and building upon that foundation of the slight edge. And I learned how to manage time better. I learned how to do this, but also be able to do this, but also do that and still be, be able to maintain, you know, get my bills paid on time, still have a social life. And that's what it's about, because when you have all these things that makes your body happy, you realize you can focus better. You can work better. Yeah, I love how you bring up that point as you're washing the dishes at Applebee's and something just came to you. Because I try to tell people that when we let go and we surrender and we kind of just tap into source, you know, whatever you believe in and you kind of just let go a little bit and relax. It's like things come to you innately. Yeah. You know, you don't have to try. You don't have to force it kind of gets us into that topic force versus flow. But a lot of times when we force things, we think that we're working hard and we're working towards something. But sometimes it's not always the most effective approach. Sometimes when we let go and we take a look at things through a different lens, it's like we can really make some progress. And we don't even have to try that hard. We don't have to try at all. It just comes naturally. That's where that phrase work smarter, not harder comes from. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So if you could you know, I feel like sometimes it's hard to describe that, that flow state, you know, to describe to people that when we let go and we surrender, that things just come naturally and people get this idea, well, yeah, but you still got to work hard, you know, and yeah, you do. But I guess my question to you is how would you explain force versus flow? Well, I mean, you can pick up a big, heavy oak barrel and carry it or you can tip it over and roll it, which way is easier. That's you know, perfect. it's, you, you, you're like, oh, I'm gonna work this hard to make this thing happen and you're doing it and you're working harder. But I mean, you know, a person, you know, working at, at, at Walmart might be a really hard worker, but they're not getting compensated as much as, you know, maybe a construction worker who's out there cutting some lumber. You know, they're both working equally hard in their own regards, but just because you're working hard doesn't mean it translates to more income or more flow. It's, it depends on the nature of who you are and what you're doing and the context of like that project. And so, especially with creativity, especially with art, if you try to force art, you're just forcing work. And what makes art is the creativity. What makes art is being able to, you know, as an author, taking a world, building an entire world with all these ideas and creativities and then sharing that with other people so they can get lost inside your mind, you can't, you can't force that. Then it just becomes one of the many copy and paste recipes for books out there. You've heard of tropes in movies. The same story is told over and over in all these different films because 
they're just forcing it for a quick buck. But the movies that really get out there and make it, the, the ones that everybody remembers and talks about for 10, 20, 30 years now, those were like those were blockbusters because they broke people's minds. It was it was creative, it was imaginative, it was well put together. And yeah, there was hard work in that. There's hard work in all these movies that I'm talking about, even the ones that follow a formula. But they let the creativity flow. The ideas came to them and they were able to put something beautiful together. Yeah. Have you read uh, Tim Ferriss's Tools of Titans? That one I haven't. You should check that one out. But one of my favorite parts in the book is he talks to a lot of artists and he actually talks about that concept. Um, and when people paint works of art, when they make works of art, whatever it is, a movie, a painting, music, they don't force it. They just start going and then naturally it comes to them as they're doing the painting or as they're making the song, they just have to start and then it comes. But a lot of times I think people are under the impression that oh, I've got to have this game plan and I've got to have it all figured out and I've got to know exactly what I'm doing, but I don't think that's necessarily the case. You just got to start the process. And I think that's you know similar to a lot of other things in life where we just get the ball rolling, right? And we start gaining that momentum and you're not always going to know what to do, but you figure it out. And it comes to you and you might fail, but you're going to learn from that failure and you're just going to keep going and it's going to come naturally the more you do it. And, and I think it's important to point out, like, you know, you might fail. Um, one of my favorite quotes of all time is, you know, um, the master has failed more times than the failure has even tried. And so one of the one of the things that you force to maintain this flow is you just have the mindset that you're willing to adapt you're willing to overcome an obstacle. You're willing to learn from everything, whether it's just taking criticism or whether it's a curveball, an unexpected hurdle in your way. Because it probably what separates the people who get up here versus the people who just stay down here is just that willingness to continue. And that's just the willingness to stay with the flow, even if it slows down sometimes. Yeah, 100%. Because you're definitely not always going to have that flow. You're going to have those times where it seems tough. You know, I, I, I've definitely experienced it in my life. I think all humans hit ruts. Um, with, with your art, and you seem like a very creative person, when you were first putting your stuff out there, was there much anxiety or much worry about like what would happen? You know, if you put it out there and people critiqued you, you know, what was going through your head when you first started producing art, when you first published your first book? Well, with books being my main passion, I was always proud to release it. And even when I look back and I'm like, oh, man, that book could have used some more work. Uh, it's just you, you can tell a 17 year old wrote it. <laughs> um, I'm not ashamed of it because nobody says, oh, you were 17 and you wrote a book. That's dumb. Uh, I do, I still have to fight it sometimes, but I'll be going on stage and maybe I just won't be, I don't feel like the crowd has given me energy or, you know, I'll be doing some kind of video. I'll be doing an audition and I'm just overthinking to myself, oh, this has to be perfect. Like the anxiety kind of creeps in there. And especially when they ask you to dance or something, it's like, oh man, like I don't, I don't want people to see this. I'm embarrassed. Well, people see that energy you're putting out. People see that, it, even if you're not trying to show it, people see that anxiety. There have been some shows where I'm up on stage and I'm just, you know, I'm playing the bass and I'm just not moving around. I'm worried. I'm staring at the bass, trying to hit every single note right just to make it perfect. Nobody, nobody, nobody cares. And most people, I learned this the hard way. Most people don't even notice when you hit a wrong note unless you just have no idea what the song is. Like a musician might notice, but most people are there to dance and have a good time. 
And it's realizing that even when you think you did a bad job, all these people are saying, hey, thanks for playing. You sounded great. That Why, why are you overthinking it? Put on a better show. Move around. Dance around. Have a good time. I mean, you tell you, you're 30 years from now, you tell people you had to dance for this audition or that you're on stage playing some songs. Are you, are, is, that, is that something to regret? Is that something to be ashamed of? Right. So I... You know, it took some of my friends telling me, it took some some of those books we were talking about, but I've made it a personal goal. When I feel that energy creeping up to try to slow me down, I'm just, no, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a play an extra riff. You know, I'm going I'm to play it a little bit differently this time. I'm going to see how it goes, how it feels and how it sounds, because at the end of the day, I'm there to have fun and have a good time and move forward my life. And that anxiety, that overthinking, that what if I put this out there, energy, like it's it's literally stopping you. It's literally stopping you from moving forward and doing something that you're proud of. And you will get critics. There are trolls out there. There are people with just a dark energy who maybe aren't happy with their own lives who respond by putting this these parasitic vibes out there. But when you allow yourself to vibrate on a higher energy, they can't affect you as well. I've gotten terrible reviews in some of my books. I've gotten reviews from people who didn't even read the book. They just we're making fun of the concept that I wrote a book about this subject. Like, how dare I? Like, does their opinion matter? No. You know, it's, don't let that anxiety stop you because on your deathbed, putting some art out there is not something that you should ever regret. No, I love that. And you're 100% right. There are always going to be critics. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, there are always going to be critics. Jesus had critics. Gandhi, he had critics. Martin Luther King, he had critics, right? It doesn't mean that you should stop. You know, I got told the other day that I wouldn't mind if this guy got beheaded by ISIS. Don't let that stop you. And you're 100% right. Because when you start vibrating at a higher level, they can't reach you up there. You know, it's almost like it, it just means less to you when you're vibrating that high. So I love that you bring that up. And also that whole 30 year perspective. When you look back at it, it's not going to be a big deal. If it's not going to matter in five minutes or five months or five years from now, then don't spend time on it you know yeah and it's important to know like i know i'll know a lot of people can't just go forward it's and i've come to understand that it, it, it is anxiety it, it is a strong force but just know that there are resources out there like i love reddit okay there's a reddit for everything okay like there, there's a reddit for motion capture very very small niche fields and in you know i'm gonna reddit for authors i'm gonna reddit for bass players i'm gonna read read it for everything that I do because in those groups there are people just like me who are just focused on that and a lot of times they have the same questions they have the same anxieties and everybody's going in there supporting each other everybody's going in there sharing their work and having a good time and you know look for those groups maybe it's not reddit maybe it's deviant art you know maybe it's not even art related maybe it's business related you have a business idea the internet is a vast place find those groups with the people that can help you relieve that anxiety and become a part of that community yeah, there's so many resources out there that we can use nowadays. And sometimes, you know, we just get stuck on scrolling through TikTok or we get stuck scrolling through social media. But you got to ask yourself, are you using those resources to benefit you or to hold you back? Just like you were saying with the brushing your teeth analogy, right? I think the same thing could be said for social media. You know, you could fill your social media with things that lift you up, that help you understand, that help you grow more or things that keep you stagnant, you know? Yeah. And when it comes to social media, I try to, you know, it's a little bit of force, but 
I, there, there's some flow involved and it's a sense that I try to use my social media with a purpose. So I think I met you because I left a comment on one of your posts, right? So when I go on something and I see an interesting post, even if it's not an interesting post, it's, if, it's a, if it's a friend, someone in my network, someone I follow because they're a cool creator, I try to engage with it, you know? I, you know, show love to receive love. You put the good energy out there and it's like karmic it, justice just comes back to you. So I'll leave a comment. I, I look what they're saying, read what they have to say because some of these people have been in their industry five, 10, 20 years and they're talking about something they've experienced. If you're gonna be on social media, might as well learn. It's just like reading a bunch of blogs. And so, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. There's funny stuff out there. That funny stuff is great because it makes you laugh, puts you in a better mood. But you know, if you're going on there and you're following following models and you see what they're posting, like where where are they at? Are the are are they traveling models? Are they going to all these different landmarks? Like, does the, do those places interest you? Does the person interest you? What's their personality like? You know, just look at these people and learn from them. And if you realize that, okay, well, you know, I'm following this author, but they don't really speak about what I really want to hear about. Follow some more authors. Find your niche, and then. Find people that you want to engage with and not just people you want to keep scrolling. And then yeah. now you're social. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I love the fact that you're talking about engaging with other people, you know, because you're one comment away, one conversation away from changing your life, from meeting your soulmate, from meeting a business partner, whatever it is. You never know when that is going to pop up in your life. So if you just take advantage of all the opportunities and you're constantly putting those good vibes out there, even if you don't reap anything from it you'll feel better after, you know, you're just, you got to use it to do good. Like you're saying, I love it. Yeah. And it, it gets rid of a lot of the jealousy aspect too. Like, you know, if you look at models, but you post some cool artistic photos of yourself as well, like you're putting good energy out there. Maybe, maybe they come back and engage with you. And now you're spreading, your, now you're filling your network with more people like you. You're building your own community around your social media. Just like I was saying to go out there and find those communities. Um, like yeah, keep it, keep in mind, it's, it's social media. And I'm a naturally introverted person. Um, I'm not shy, but you know, it took some work for me to start getting out there and, and put myself out there, but I've, I've never regretted going on to my friends and the people I follow and just saying, Hey, this looks awesome. Or this music, like when they send, they send me a, a YouTube video to the new song, like let's, let's hear it out. Like I follow you for a reason, right? Yeah. Just make something out of it. And then now you don't regret wasting time on social media. Cause you're not wasting time. Yeah. I think you're networking. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of that boils down to getting outside of our comfort zones, you know, like it may not always be comfortable when you first make those posts or, you know, put that art out there or comment on someone's post. But as you do it more and more, it's just a muscle that you're growing a skill that you're building, it's going to take time. But if you continue to do it, you're going to get better at it, you know? Yeah, I've met some great people on social media, just trying to engage with them. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Who would you say your biggest role model is? And maybe not even role model, but like inspiration, you know, just a figure, somebody that, that really changed your life. Well, I actually have quite a few. Um, I follow, like I said, artists of different genres. Um, and I've had the privilege of actually getting to engage with them because I've reached out. Uh, like I, I do, I'm a bassist in a Lady Gaga tribute. And oh, then awesome. I ended up discovering like some of the members of Lady Gaga's band. Like you, you see, you think of Lady Gaga and then you don't think of her guitarist or her bassist. Well, you know, I follow those guys. And then their bassist, um, I found out he writes his own music. He has his own album out there and as a bass player and he's got, he's got a bass based album. I want to listen to that. Started listening to it. And he actually talks to me on Instagram and I'm like, 
there, there's that there's that engagement. Like I just met somebody in my department in in my genre who is further up on his path than I am on mine, and we can share knowledge, have conversations, and and. So as a role model, that's one for music because I watch him and he's got so much good energy on stage. And he's one of the people who said, nobody cares about the notes. They care about your energy. They're there to see you, not hear a DJ, right? Yeah. And and that's that's an example of something you can learn from someone who's been doing it for 10 years. So that's that's one role model for bass. Um, a lot of authors, I, if, I, if I sat here and listed them all, like we wouldn't be done. We, we wouldn't be going on. Like, so <laughs> But Christopher Paolini, uh, he wrote The Inheritance Cycle. He really got my imagination going. Obviously, the greats like uh, Tolkien, Lord of the Rings was, was amazing. Um, I never actually read Game of Thrones, but um, I'm sure I've heard very good things about those books. But it's important to choose role models not based on, oh, they did just this one thing and like see who they are if they're still alive and, and, and what they do, because ultimately your role model should just be a better version of yourself. Yeah. I love that, man. If you had one message for the world, what would it be? One message for the world. I guess the easiest thing for me is remember that we're always, we're like plants. We're always growing and if your mentality is you want to keep growing in any facet, knowledge, creativity, understanding the world, broadening horizons, do it. You know, we all started these little, little sprouts and, you know, at the end of the road, you know, be the whole forest. That's awesome, man. I love that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really stoked that I had you on here and uh, I love the conversation that we had. I think there was a lot of value there and it was cool to get to know you even a little bit better. Uh, let the viewers know where they can find you like on your social handles and stuff like that if they want to follow you. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Dexquando, one word. It's a kind of a play on the Napoleon Dynamite Rexquando character, if the, I remember <laughs> it. And then if you just look up my name.com, you'll see my books and some of the other stuff I do Dexter Morgan Stern. But yeah, I appreciate you for having me on here. I know I tend to over explain things and talk a lot. And like I said, in the beginning, I've learned to embrace that, but I appreciate you for listening to me ramble about the entire last 15 years of my life. So yeah, bro, it's always sure. fun. Absolutely, man. No, I appreciate it. Well, you take care brother. And thanks again. Yeah. Be safe. Thank you so much for listening to the Life Rips podcast. If this episode brought you any sort of value whatsoever, and maybe there's something inside of you saying, I kind of like the energy I'm feeling right now, be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Happy Gang Lifestyle. I post mindfulness content, spiritual content, motivational content, Monday through Friday. If you'd like to know more about my story or have an inkling inside of you that I might be able to help you in your journey in life, be sure to reach out to me or schedule a free strategy session at happygangcoaching.com. It's free. What do you have to lose? Make it a great day.